You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier, and we have a special edition of the Locked On Cowboys podcast today. Uh, our friend John Owning is down at the Senior Bowl. He is going to be calling in in a second. Um, we are speaking with Landon McCool, our typical co-host. So please sit back and enjoy us three having a conversation about what we saw on the first day of the Senior Bowl practices. Well, here we are. Here We got all three of us uh, in a uh, <laughs> in a show together. We, we have John, uh, who is on location in Mobile, Alabama. Are, are you actually in Mobile, or do they have you like outside the city a little bit, John? Oh, no, I'm in Mobile. In the I'm heart inside of Mobile. Of Mobile, Alabama. Yes, and then, of course, uh, I'm joined by Marcus Mosier as well. Uh, Marcus, say hello to the people. It's good, people. I'm watching tape from the igloo. I wish I was in Mobile. It sounds so much better right now. <laughs> the weather might be slightly better, even though we will talk about weather <laughs> issues as well uh, with John. Uh, John, first things first, let's just talk about uh, kind of the experience. And, and, you know, we've got a new GM of the Senior Bowl this year, as Phil Savage uh, has been replaced. Um, talk to me a little bit about. You know the new GM and 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 what what feels different this year versus last year, uh, and I guess kind of backfill everyone on your reaction when you found out that uh, media wasn't going to be allowed uh, into the uh, practice today. Yeah, well, those who don't know in Mobile right now, it's raining, it's pouring, and the old man is snoring. So <laughs> they had to move the Wednesday practices indoors into South Alabama's indoor facility where there is no media access. And, in fact, there's barely access for teams. Teams get to only send in two, two representatives each while practices. And so that's kind of a kind of an issue that a lot of media is, is taking taking issue with. Um, but, of course, the player safety is what matters most, even if we get necessarily the, the live access they're going to provide us with a game film after or practice film afterwards. So at least they're doing their best. But with the new executive director, uh, Jim Nagy, you could see, you could tell that he's a scout scout. He totally focuses on the evaluation of the players and the scouts. He's, he, for the first time ever, they had a scouts night where he, all the scouts got free drinks. They got a free ferry so that they couldn't get like a drunken driving or anything like that. He's totally ta- tailoring the event for the players and the scouts, which some may say is how it should be. And then others in the media may take issue with it because Phil Savage was really good at, being an intermediary between the media and the players and the scouts and making sure everybody's needs was met where I would think Nagy kind of really just focuses on the players and the scouts and the executive side and kind of ignores or puts up with the media side as much as possible, but he's not as, um, not as good at helping us out get our jobs done, I guess is what I would say. What so uh, having said all of that, you did get to see some practice yesterday. Um, yes, sir, what, I did. What, what, who like stood out in that first day of practice? Uh, you know, I, and sometimes you know, they have the weigh-in, so there's a lot going on, mm-hmm. and then they then they get the the actual practice in there where you actually get to see some reps. Uh, you know, who in the weigh-in and who on the field uh, stood out to you yesterday? 
Well, interestingly enough, at the way in, the guy that really stood out, he really stood out for the wrong reasons, and it was Hunter Renfro. He really didn't fit in with all the other players. He's really small. He doesn't really have much muscle, much definition, doesn't look like much of an athlete, looks like a computer programmer is what I think I said on Twitter. <laughs> it was really interesting. But then it, but then you move to the field, and although he didn't have the best day, he showed that he can hang with these type of guys, which is shows how refined his his skill set is at this point that the fact that he doesn't have extreme speed, he doesn't have really great strength. He's really winning on technique and intelligence when he does. So that was that was mildly impressive and disappointing in both tokens. And then um, I think the guy that that really impressed me most at the Wayans was Montez Sweat. That dude looks exactly like a pass rusher should look like. He has the, the skinny ankles, those flexible ankles, so that he can really corner and bend tight angles around the edge. He had the long, lengthy body. He had arms for days, it looked like. And then another guy was Charles O'Menehue from Texas, had 36-inch arms. Looked like he was a little bit soft in his gut. He could look like he could have lost maybe 10 pounds and play edge full-time, but the fact that he was with Texas and had to play inside a lot, it's understandable why he had that kind of extra weight. But he just he just seems like a really athletic guy. He's not technically sound. He's not technically there yet. He's not super refined, but that length, his athleticism, his play, his mentality. An interesting guy to talk to. It was he's been impressive in those facets. Not really on the practice field yet. It hasn't really translated. He had a couple of good plays in uh, run drills, but he hasn't really been able to put it together as a pass rusher yet. And John, I guess the guy, one of the oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, continue. What were you going to say? I was going to say, how, how was the overall talent at the Senior Bowl this year compared to past years? I think it's a, I think it's better. I think top to bottom, it's better. There may not be being hurt by some last-minute uh, st- last um, schedule changes like Josh Allen didn't come last minute. Yadni Kajus from West Virginia was a guy I was really looking forward to watching that backed out at the last minute. But from top to bottom, it seems like the, uh, the talent level is much higher. In previous years, the bottom level guys, you could really tell that they didn't um, belong and that they weren't really going to make it in the NFL. But so far here, again, we're only two practices in, one practice for each team. Everybody looks, for the most part, like they belong, like they can provide some type of benefit to a team if they land in the right situation. John, what... We, we're going to talk about uh, some Cowboys folks here in a second. Before we hop yeah. into that, talk to me about some guys. Just you know, before, let's just knock these out of the way. Talk to me about some guys you saw who may not be fits for the Cowboys. Uh, may not be uh, you know necessarily someone that we will hear get their name called, whether it be because they get drafted too early or they're just not fits for the Cowboys. Talk to us about some guys that have stood out that maybe aren't that are specifically not going to be good fits of the Cowboys, but you, you think uh, are worth mentioning anyways because of how, how much they've stood out. One guy who was really impressed me was the Houston cornerback Isaiah Johnson. Now, obviously, because the Cowboys are really stacked at cornerback, I doubt they're going to be drafting one as high as he will likely go, which I would think is going to be somewhere on day two. But he just showed really impressive uh, movement ability and mirror ability as a man cover corner. He was sticky in coverage. He was one of the only cornerbacks that showed the ability to disrupt the wide receiver's timing off the line of scrimmage, which I thought was really impressive. That really allowed him, really set the stage for him to have a successful day, in my opinion. So I want to add in one more really quick note about Isaiah Johnson. Uh, that is a guy I've heard the Cowboys scouts do like a little bit. So it's interesting that John brings mm-hmm. him up. I know they, they love that size. 
Uh, we know that Chris Richard likes those long cornerbacks. So uh, that's a good name there, John. I, I think Isaiah Johnson fits what the Cowboys would like. And then, you know, a second, third, maybe fourth round cornerback. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about some of the guys that the Cowboys would like. Uh, specifically, maybe guys who you haven't necessarily seen yet stand out, but or maybe you have, but there's some guys that just physically look like they fit uh, threshold profiles of, of the kind of guys that the Cowboys would draft at those specific positions. One guy that I, that's really impressed me a lot is USC offensive tackle Chuma Idoga. Now, I think everybody that follows our podcast knows that the Cowboys have an issue at the swing tackle position. It's not really a position that they've really done a good job filling in in the recent years. And I think it would, I think this year would be a good time for them to really draft a, de- a developmental offensive tackle in maybe a day three area that they can develop into a into a uh, really effective swing tackle or maybe even somebody who can challenge for a starting gig on the right side or something like that. And I think Tuma Idoga is a guy that can do that. He kind of had some rough tape on USC, but here yesterday, his movement ability, his ability to, uh, to manipulate his set points, his ability to mirror against speed around the edge, he has incredible length. I think he has over 34 and a half inch arms that he uses to really get his hands on defenders before they're able to get on him. And that gives him the ability to really uh, stop the forward momentum of these pass rushers. They were having a really hard time getting around him yesterday. And that's the kind of a guy from just a movement style. He has the movement ability to block zone or man and run game. He has a, his kick slide, his base tends to get too narrow when he has to get an extra, that extra kick against speed rushers. So Better pass rushers in the NFL would take advantage of that, but that's why I think he could be a developmental guy. If you can iron out those little issues that he has, he has a lot of things that you like, and that's something that you're looking for on day three. John, uh, before we go, uh, before we talk about non-senior uh, bowl stuff, uh, anything else, anybody else you want to mention or anything else that you're looking forward to that yeah. you haven't seen yet yeah. that you want to throw out there? One. One guy that I know, Mark, is a big fan. Whereas everybody was talking about Andy Isabella, and rightfully so, he's a really exciting player. I think Penny Hart is a more kind of a more smooth and fluid route runner. He gets it. He doesn't really have kind of those jittery uh, shuffle steps that Andy Isabella uses. Like he's more of a straight line. He's he really. Um, what really impressed me was the acceleration off the line of scrimmage. He really ate up the cushion between cornerbacks and off coverage really well. And then once he got to the break point, he was really smooth and being able to make really tight turns at 90 degrees, 45 degrees, and all of those type of cuts that you would need to make on a hitch route or a dig or an out route. He was really, really impressive in all those facets. And he showed the ability, even though he had a drop or two, he showed the ability to snatch the ball away from his frame a little bit, which is important for a guy that's as tiny as he is. I think he's the type of guy that if Dallas misses out on Andy Isabella, Penny Hart could be an interesting spot option. Well, that, that kind of leads us to a, a good part of the conversation that I wanted to get to is uh, since you've been gone, uh, obviously the uh, uh, blow up of, of Cole Beasley on Twitter, and let's open this up to the, to the, the whole group. Uh, we should talk just generally about what he said and and what we think about what he said about his role on the offense and that sort of thing. So um, actually, Marcus, why don't you start first and and kind of just, you know, give us a a summation of what he was getting at. And do you think he has a point and, and, and and where, where do you think the Cowboys and, and, and uh, Beasley go from here? Uh, 
Yeah, so essentially Cole Beasley went onto Twitter and complained that he wasn't being targeted enough in the offense. Uh, and it was at the front office, uh, you know, they kind of dictated who gets targets and receptions. Uh, I don't think that's true. Uh, I, you know, I, I think sometimes players can overthink their situations. But at the same time, I don't blame Beasley for, for being upset because we know that he, he he's a really good slot re, uh, receiver. Could you get him more involved in the offense earlier in downs and earlier in drives? I, I think that's possible. Uh, but I also think, you know, the Cowboys, you know, they, they want to play a ball control style offense. There's just not enough targets probably to, out there to make Beasley happy. Uh, I, I think he's a fantastic player. I would love to see the Cowboys keep him. But, you know, the senior bowl is a great example of how replaceable that slot position is. Uh, John mentioned Andy Isabella. Uh, Penny Hart is a guy that you mentioned again that I really like. Kind of reminds me a little bit of like a Taylor Gabriel, Andrew Hawkins type of receiver. Hunter Renfro, again, another one. Yeah, you can find those guys all over the place. You don't have to pay them, you know, four, five, six million dollars a year. Uh, I'm becoming more and more open to the idea of letting Cole Beasley walk in free agency. John, what are your thoughts? Yeah, what Marcus was saying, Beasley more targets. Who are you taking away from? Are you going to take away from Amari Cooper? I don't think that's smart. Are you going to take away from those shots to Michael Gallup down the field? I don't think that's smart. Where are you going to find those extra targets? Are you going to not? Are they going to run the ball less? Are they going to change their offense philosophy this year and throw the ball considerably more? In that case, Beasley could be used more often. But the fact is that is when you have a skill set like his, it is limited in a little bit. He has to kind of play in the slot, and then and then he's kind of one of the easier targets to take away from a game if you go in, if a team goes in game planning to take him away. We've seen in the past where teams that bracketed him from the slot and he really was find open space. He wasn't really able to create separation or be effective in those situations. So having said that, it's really going to be hard for them to find more targets for him in this offense, I think. Yeah, I mean, I and I kind of agree with you that you know, as much as he has right to complain about his usage usage in the offense, I, I think that his targeting was pretty, you know, decent considering mm -hmm. where he is on the depth on the level of targets now. Um, and I also think that you know, if they decide to, uh, uh, I think that if they decide to move on from 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 Cole Beasley, if they decide that they're not going to pay him, you know, then I, I I think that it's it's one of those things where he's really not irreplaceable, you know, and and mm -hmm. and, and, it's, and even if they needed to replace that specific position with a different player of similar uh, similar skill set, I I don't think that would be difficult. But I don't know that they necessarily do. You know, I think they could yeah. they could just reform. They, I mean, they they've got guys who can operate in the slot, including Amari Cooper mm -hmm. and some of these exactly. bigger tight end types. I was going to bring up that same point. Yeah, so I I think that you know as much as you know they. He has points, and I think as much as people kind of, you know, were cheering him on, and, and when he was tweeting this stuff, and, and not that there's anything wrong with that, it's just, but it's just like, you know, I mean, he's he's not really making points that are so valid that it's like, you know, and, and, I, and I think the whole thing, he kind of came back on and cleared up a little bit of what he meant by, you know, front offices making calls about who gets the ball. He meant it more in a you know, you 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 make you dictate that sort of thing based on how you pay your players and that sort of you know, mm -hmm. like kind of general you know figurative manner. 
Um, yeah. uh, I, I so I, I tend to think that it's it, it's it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Um, you know, I I'm not I like Beasley a lot, but I'm also not afraid of him. Uh, you know, if he ha- if afraid of him having to leave if that if that's what ends up happening. So, uh, John, first of all, thank you so much for uh, getting on the horn when it was uh, during a tough weather break, and I know you could also be watching uh, Senior Bowl practices right now on on on, on live footage. Uh, so I certainly appreciate that, uh, Marcus. Anything else before uh, we uh, say goodbye? Yeah, I just want to ask John one question Please. about a guy that. That I've been, you know, just kind of watching over the last couple of days. Uh, ben Powers, the the guard from Oklahoma. What did you think of him from Tuesday's practice? I thought he was good. Him and Drew Semia. I'm not sure if that's exactly how you say his name. The other Oklahoma guard. They both were yeah. impressive. They both got beat at times, but you saw that they were. I think that they're better in pass protection than they are in run blocking. And the run blocking Joe, they kind of had issues with seeding ground at the point of attack. I think especially with um, with Powers, you saw him kind of take a step. He would kind of see that initial grounding knee initially before being able to fit his hands and really work to try to cut uh, his body or stuff like that. But I like their movement abilities. I really like them in pass protection. They both showed the ability to vary their set points against different. They didn't have to be guy or the power guy. They showed the ability to be able to, you know, to be – creative in their process to stymie those type of rushers. They're not really stuck on doing the same thing no matter who they're going against. They're, they have the ability to change up their hand techniques or their set angles to give them a better ability to block whoever's in front of them. Yeah, I just saw when I watched him, you know, once he got a hold of a guy, he didn't really ever let him go. Uh, he's one of these you know mm-hmm. guys that has a lot of strength, and uh, it, as soon yeah. as he gets a hold of him, I mean, he's going to be belly to belly with him. So I, I, I thought he had a good first day of the Senior Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think both guys are interesting guys in those kind of middle rounds, those kind of maybe day two, day two-ish type guys. It's going to be interesting to see where they go. I think fit is going to be really good. Well. All right, guys. Thank you so much for uh, joining us. Thank you, John. Uh, uh, hopefully, uh, we'll get to do this kind of fun crossover. Get it's nice to get all my podcasting done in, yeah. uh, in one fail swoop. It's 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 uh, <laughs> it's it's nice. So maybe we'll do this again. Uh, thanks, guys, and we'll uh, we'll talk soon. <laughs>